Welcome to the Fairview Baptist Church Discipleship Podcast. This is a resource designed to help the covenant members of Fairview Baptist Church carry out our mission to make disciples of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Joshua Johnston, and today I'm joined by Mike Heelan. Welcome. Welcome, folks, and glad to be here. Well, it has been a long time since we've been together, but we are back better than ever. Amen. Well, we weren't that good to start with, but but here we are. Uh, And this week, we're starting a series on spiritual disciplines. Uh, What me and Mike will be doing over the next couple of months, uh, we'll walk through Don Whitney's Spiritual Disciplines for the Christian Life. Um, It's a great book. I believe it's one you've read on multiple occasions. Is that right? Yeah, I actually have read it twice. I read it uh, several years ago when I was uh, joining a ch- uh, one of the church churches that we've been a member of. Uh, they required it for uh, for reading for uh, people in leadership positions. And then recently, I, I read it again because uh, we're using it with the uh, with our seminarian uh, a course of study here on leadership, and and. Um, we really enjoyed working through that book. I feel like I ought to hold it up and let everybody see a picture of it, but then I realized, no, nah, no, nah, this is an audio podcast. That's right. Uh, but we will share the link, uh, and I, I would say read it. So it's a book that I've probably read six or seven times, and uh, I actually own like three or four copies because I, I can't find my previous copy, and, and so I just buy another Um it's a great book. In fact, I would I would agree with J.I. Packard, who wrote the foreword for the book. Uh, he, he recommends reading the book once a month over a three-month period. And and really, the reason behind it is just that it, it will allow you to grow uh, deeper in your understanding of what the spiritual disciplines are, um, but also that it, it'll, it'll allow you to assess your own life and put into these put into practice uh, these these wonderful disciplines that are uh, life-changing and and really of God. Um, and so uh, we're doing a podcast, we're, we're kind of opening it up today, talking about spiritual disciplines, and so I think a good place to start, Mike, is what are spiritual disciplines? Well, let's start with that thorny word, discipline, because uh, a lot of folks come up against that word and they they kind of balk at the word discipline. But uh, in a context like this, uh, it's actually from a Latin, it's Latin origins, and discipline refers to a course of learning or training so that, for instance, a student in law school might study forensic investigation disciplines. Uh, so in this sense the, of the word, uh, a discipline is a set of learning objectives or practices that are aimed at the mastery of a subject or a skill. Uh, so that's, what, that's how we're going to be using this word. And according to Whitney, those practices found in Scripture, it's important that you understand that we're going to talk about practices which are found actually in the Word of God. Those practices in Scripture that promote spiritual growth among believers in the gospel of Jesus Christ, that's what we're looking at, those things, and they are with the aim of spiritual maturity. You might think of them as habits of devotion or patterns of life practices. And uh, we'll be looking at both personal and interpersonal disciplines. Uh, we'll be going to focus, uh, focusing primarily on the former, the, uh, the personal disciplines. Uh, but we're also going to be talking about the interpersonal, uh, which are those things which have to do with uh, 
the way we relate corporately, uh, things like the administration of the Lord's Supper, the practice of baptism, or our corporate prayer that we do in our, um, in our gatherings. So uh, we do these things together, and God uses them to grow believers. So Joshua, when it comes to Whitney's book, what are the spiritual disciplines like in a list, in a list form? Okay, so um, the, the book is very straightforward. Uh, it's, it's all things, that, well, I'll say this, uh, it's supposed to be all things that are biblical, biblical disciplines, although we'll come to one chapter that we'll have uh, quite a conversation on, but that's for another time. And so from the book, uh, we'll address over the next several weeks, Bible reading, meditating on the Bible, memorization, prayer, uh, having a posture of worship, uh, evangelism, service, stewardship, fasting, uh, even being in silence and solitude before God, journaling, uh, being a lifelong learner of the Bible, and even perseverance, as in perseverance in these disciplines here. And also, Josh, I might add uh, to his list, uh, the very preliminary discipline of becoming a committed member of a local church. A lot of folks miss that. But uh, so many of these disciplines are actually practiced in the context of becoming or part of a local church. It's sort of like uh, having to matriculate into a college before you're allowed to study any of the disciplines that the college offers. Yeah. Uh, Now, when it comes to Whitney, uh, he specifically says that disciplines are actions. They're not attitudes. Uh, They're things that you actually actually do, but there are others that might argue that they they can be attitudes as well or postures. So like Richard Foster, who also wrote a great book on spiritual disciplines, he would include uh, attitudes or postures like the uh, posture of submission before God. Uh, Dallas Willard, who also writes on spiritual formation, uh, he would add to that list sacrifice. Uh, In fact, uh, a couple weeks ago, we gave out a devotional book by Oswald Chambers to uh, the various life group leaders. It's called My Utmost for His Highest. And um, as um, someone was describing Chambers at his funeral, uh, he spoke about these different disciplines that he had incorporated in his personal life that then um, really like launched him into his ministry work towards other people. Uh, They listed in there was uh, chambers uh, giving himself to the abandonment of of things of this world in order to pursue God and His work. I am so glad that the the church decided to to give us books away to uh, our life group uh, folks uh, a couple of Sundays ago. I actually used that book a number of years for a number of years and almost like daily readings because they were so challenging to me and uh, and convicting and encouraging. Uh, Chambers was certainly a great man of God. Oh, absolutely. Uh, listening to his biography now and just. Uh, it's even interesting to think of the the time that he lived uh, among Spurgeon and being friends with Hudson Taylor and uh, it's pretty amazing and so uh, something certainly to check out on your own time. Um, Now uh, you spoke a little bit to this before Mike um, but I'd like for you to get a little bit deeper and like for you to get yourself into some trouble. Uh, I imagine for some people they hear that word discipline and they don't like it. Uh, They don't like it one bit. What do you tell that person? Well, 
uh, you might try thinking of, of these spiritual disciplines, perhaps, with a different word. Call it something else like the habits of grace or the means of grace. So we don't get stuck on the name of these things because they are in the scriptures. And as we're going to study them, they're not necessarily suggestions. They're things that God expects us to do. Um, but we we also rec- need to recognize the word discipline is not a dirty word, and uh, we associate it with um, uh, punishment, or we associate it with the things which are unpleasant, like getting up at 5 a.m. and going out and running three miles. Um, but uh, that's not what we're talking about. Discipline is 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 uh, not a bad. In fact, the absence of discipline is the bad thing. Good discipline is absolutely essential in, in so many areas of life. Uh, Take the military, for instance. The military without discipline would not be the military, would not be effective, would not be able to uh, accomplish the, the, the task and mission that they have set before themselves. Well, you know, even coming out of the military myself, uh, you know, discipline is hard at the time. It sounds like we're moving towards a Bible verse there. <laughs> um, but, you know, when you come to, you, you, you go to war or you find yourself in a combat situation or where everything just sort of kind of gets turned upside down, I tell you, you want to be in a disciplined unit who knows how to respond uh, to the, the trials that you face in in harsh situations. Uh, you don't want to find out that you're undisciplined in combat. And I think even when we're talking about our spiritual life and spiritual warfare, uh, you want to be disciplined. Yeah, and, it's, and we civilians who depend upon the protection of our military forces uh, have to appreciate the discipline which goes into our military in preparation. And there's the folks that are that are vying for the gold medal in in in, in Olympics, uh, the sports. It takes a great deal of discipline. Fine arts. Uh, I'm I'm a musician, and I know that learning to play a musical instrument takes an awful lot of discipline. You're just not going to do it unless you, unless there's some discipline involved. Um, in a vocation, learning to learning to weld, uh, learning any kind of a vocational skill takes takes discipline, takes work, and folks who are not willing to do that don't master those things. Um, then there's um, the discipline required to achieve uh, academic uh, goals. It took me 12 years to uh, earn a doctorate, and uh, I worked very hard at that for 12 years. I never thought about giving it up because I, was, I kept thinking, someday people are going to call me doctor. Now I don't care, care what they call me, so long as they don't call me late for supper. But, but uh, that in academic things take discipline. And um, in fact, Malcolm Gladwell I wrote a book called The, the 10,000-Hour Rule. And uh, it's a good read, secular, but it's a good read. And uh, his whole idea is that anything worthwhile takes time. But the best reason for us to desire the disciplines we find in God's Word is that God uses... Uh, our spiritual disciplines to accomplish something great in our lives. Um, there is a purpose in everything that God gives us in His Word. He doesn't He doesn't command us to do things without a, without eternal purposes. And so we might ask, well, what are the purposes then of these spiritual disciplines we're going to going to be covering? And we find the answer given to us very explicitly right there in First Timothy. Uh, chapter 4, where Paul writes in verse 7, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. So there it is. The purpose is godliness or Christ-likeness or being mature 
in Christ. And that, that includes the, the fruit of the Spirit, includes the ability to produce the fruit of the Spirit. It's not something that we, we scrunch up our eyes and, and we ball up our fists and say, oh, i got to produce this fruit. But it comes naturally as we pursue the disciplines that God gives us in His Word. So we can, we can then enjoy being able to produce love, joy, and peace, and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, and self-control. Uh, so this is this is the key to really understanding and enjoying spiritual disciplines. It gives us direction, and um, according to Whitney, discipline without direction is drudgery. And maybe that's why uh, I detest using a treadmill. I feel like <laughs> I'm getting it. nowhere. <laughs> yet, yet he goes on to say that that discipline with direction leads to delight. So, my brother. What if someone hears this podcast and still feels put off by the idea of disciplines? How, how would you persuade that person to stay with us for this entire series? Well, uh, I think first I would have them, uh, I don't know if you rewind podcasts, but you would take the podcast back about three more minutes and, uh, and listen to you again. I think you gave them all the reason they need. Uh, but I think if they still... Uh, aren't there, then I, I think maybe there might be a, deep, a deeper issue that exists. Um, um, we are to take serious be the call to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Uh, Luke 9.23 says, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Hmm. Jesus says that the cost of, of following him is, is high. Grace that he offers is free. Um, but we are to be transformed. And I just think if we're struggling with the disciplines of getting to know Jesus better through his word and prayer, um, there's something else going on there. Um, But not only that, like the disciplines are a beautiful thing. Um, We and and it's really what Jesus calls us into, like in Matthew 11, 29, where he, he, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, learn from me in part through the wis- uh, through the disciplines that we're talking about here. And why? For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for my souls. And so I think about that quote that you, uh, uh, you mentioned from Whitney, you know, discipline with direction, it leads to delight. And here, you know, it even leads to rest for the soul. There's something beautiful about being in God's word and being content, praying to God and knowing that you've got a mediator that's that's listening to you and cares for you. Um, um, but, you know, I think I would also ask that person, um, how else do they expect to be transformed? Mm. Um, so certainly God can use circumstances and God can use people in their lives. Um, but the Bible is also very clear. Um, God uses the disciplines to transform lives as people commit them things, themselves to these things that he's commanded us to do. Um, he transforms lives. You know, earlier uh, we talked about uh, alternate terms for these uh, disciplines. Uh, and one of the terms would be uh, a means of grace. Um, that was a confusing term to me when I first ran up against it because means of grace, well, the only means of grace is that uh, you trust in Jesus Christ to get saved. But then when I understood that grace is constantly poured out upon me as a Christian in order to enable me to live the life God expects me to live, I began to see that he has provided means of giving me that grace. And that's what these disciplines are. They are ways in which God can pour out his grace upon me to help me 
to do the kind of changing that you're talking about. You know, and then and then I just think, you know, also about um, great men and women of faith who have committed themselves to these spiritual disciplines. Um, and um, I just, you know, for them, they, they couldn't imagine these things being treated as anything less than important. Um, there is a quote that is attributed to Luther, and some argue whether or not he said it or not, but it's probably not far from the way he would think. Uh, he said, uh, one, one time it's attributed to him saying, I have so much to do today that I'm going to need to spend three hours in prayer in order to be able to get it all done. And that, I believe, was, that, was, that was Luther, right? Right. Martin Luther. Yeah. And it, it, it's a beautiful thought. But, you know, I even think about men and women uh, that have come alongside me and uh, that have been committed to the, uh, to um, spiritual disciplines and and really just how they live their lives so much differently. Uh, for me in particular, um, had um, men that were in the navigators uh, who are truly committed to uh, to the spiritual disciplines and just how much different they looked than so many of the other folks that were around them. God used those disciplines and produced uh, the same fruits of the Spirit that you mentioned earlier uh, in their lives. And so we've I think we've sold the topic of spiritual disciplines. Um, Mike, do you have any uh, any other last thoughts? Yeah, I, I would add to this. Um, it's something difficult for me to accept because I'm such an impatient person. But uh, spiritual disciplines take time. Uh, they don't happen overnight. Um, the, the life of the Christian is often compared to um, a, 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 a farmer, uh, taking care of his farm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a freelance um, amateur gardener. I like to see things grow in my yard. And uh, every year in the, um, in the late winter, I put a, a, a bunch of seeds out in a, in a pan. And uh, guess what I do the next morning? I get up and I take a look at those things, and I'm, yeah. that's stupid, isn't it? I mean, they're not going to come up overnight. It, yeah. it takes them several days for them to germinate and start showing. And yeah, every day I go and look yeah. at those things, and and then uh, they start peeping up and get excited. But uh, but it takes so much time, and uh, I put some seeds out for tomatoes much earlier this year, and right now I'm I'm yielding uh, it's yielding tomatoes, mm-hmm. but uh, it took a while for it to get to that point. So. Uh, Peter Peter says in First Peter one, um, blessed blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Uh, so good. You know, it, it is the reminder that uh, essentially what Paul says in Philippians, that God who has begun a work in you, he is going to bring it to completion. And so uh, in between then and now, may we be faithful to the spiritual disciplines uh, what else do you got, Mike? Well, uh, the second thing is that as we go through this, uh, this is not going to be simply a theological look. This is not going to be simply a Bible study. Uh, we're going to uh, make this as practical as possible because we're asking folks to do things. And when we ask folks to do something, 
there has to be some practical, uh, some practical ideas that we surround them with. So maybe at this time, you'd be simply be asking yourself, have I ordered my life in such a way that I can give myself to those things that are good for me? are really good for me that's a that's a great question to ask yeah. and and let me go ahead and encourage you if you're listening now and you you don't own a copy of the book uh we, we're using it really just as um almost like train tracks to get us down the road we'll uh we'll let it help us guide our conversations but i would encourage you buy it read it along with us uh read it along with us and uh um and i, and I think it'll be really good for you um Mike, uh, before we close, uh, how about we practice one of those disciplines? Would you pray for us? Sure, I'd love to do that. I always, always love praying. Uh, I'm not, not as good as I ought to be, but um, uh, the Lord's teach me a lot about prayer along the way. Our gracious Heavenly Father, it's so wonderful to be able to call you Father. Uh, your Son taught us to do that. And so we look to you not as some abstract idea, but, dear Lord, we look to you as our Father. We hold our hand up to you and expect that you would reach down and, and pick us up and, and, and go hold us and guide us. And uh, so, Father, we pray that you would guide us through this study as we look at these spiritual disciplines. Help us to embrace them. Help us to learn what it's like to live the Christian life and to keep our eyes on the goal of becoming like Christ because we know that someday, as the bride of Christ, we will be presented in all the beauty and holiness that Christ has um, wants to form in us and will form in us. Until then, Lord, help us to be faithful uh, and obedient to everything you've called us to be. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Dr. Mike, that's all the time we have. <laughs> what can our audience expect next time? Um, I think everybody ought to be um, getting a copy of, of Whitney's book and uh, reading the first, uh, at least read the forward and in the, in the introduction to the first chapter. Um, you'll get a lot out of it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and uh, I believe next time we'll dig into God's Word. Uh, from reading it, meditating on it, and memorizing it. Um, before we go, I've got one last question. Oh, me. All right. It's a hard one. It's a doozy. Would you rather eat peanut butter and jelly or grilled cheese sandwiches every day? Well, actually, that's not a hard one. I love grilled cheese. However, there is a verse in the Bible that says, Man shall not live by bread alone. And I've added to that, he must have peanut butter. Uh, I can't live without peanut butter. There was there was a time in my life when every morning in my life I had a piece of toast with peanut butter on it. And I still think this that peanut butter really is the staff of life. Yeah, I think I would go with peanut butter and jelly, but I think either way you go, cheese or peanut butter, uh, you're going to have some digestive problems. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Mike, thank you for joining me today. And until next time, Fairview, may we exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm.